I mean, when these things crash, they crash with noise. You'll know. You'll get the big bling followed by an error code that nobody would ever be able to make heads or tails of. Like every <laughs> error code ever? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the, the Destiny ones. Error code possum. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, at least that's a word. Error code and I'm like... Yeah. My current beef is like... R9326DC. They're like the names of headphones and soundbars, and you're left going, you know, this is how Apple got on top of everything. They just gave shit a name that people could remember as opposed to... Player 2 Pixelcast episode 55. My name is Tim Henderson and I'm here bringing you all of the fake high energy shit after the pre-talk stuff where we were actually very low energy. None of us know what we're doing here. We don't know why we're doing this except for video games. Maybe we can distract ourselves. We promise you that this episode is going to be all about fun games and nothing to do with Ozpol and threatening to shoot random people on the street because you can apparently say that. You so, how are you feeling? Your face is looking a little bit distressed there. <laughs> I think any decent human in Australia is looking a little bit depressed today, you know, a bit distressed. So um, I think my, my look's pretty fair. But hey, let's talk video games because, fuck, it's better than talking it's, about it's, what's it's going on in Monday, our country. Just, just for people yeah. at the moment, it's, it's still Monday over here. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, are you on to your second tinny yet? No, still in the first one. I'm only here to talk about the PlayStation 5 remasters because that's the only reason why I bought the console. Fight me. Sure, whatever. <laughs> cool. And, um, Sean, you're looking forward to getting up in the morning? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last minute sub brought into the podcast. Got to be up at 5 a.m., you know. it's And, of course, we're 20 minutes behind schedule already. So you're a true Australian hero, Sean. A true <laughs> Australian <laughs> I, hero. I, I'm doing it for the player two team. <laughs> You're doing it for the games. Yes. Nothing yes. says instead of actually to... playing the games. <laughs> Nothing says I have to get up at stupid o'clock more than oh man, I just wasted twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, I well yes, I did. I just sat here and you guys are talking and I'm looking at the clock and I'm just thinking, God, could we please start? <laughs> Because of all every things- every five minutes is going to count. Yeah, um, he could have achieved so much in Valheim by now. He really could have, and we've yes. kept him away oh, from that. We're horrible. I could have. Gosh, that would have been a perfect segue. At least fifty trees. It would have been. <laughs> We're close. Um, we do actually have a topic this episode round. Um, basically the whole, the new gen, the shine, the shimmer. The do we still get like a full on mind blow experience when we play a new console like did we ever have it i i'm going to hazard and say yes because when you're a kid and you see something new and shiny it's you know new and shiny but you know we've been having diminishing returns over the last decade or two so for people who are not me who have next gen consoles we're going to dive into that a little bit um but first i want to circle back to sarah's amazing segue and bring it back to the cheese chopping um sean how many cheese of tree cheese trees how many <laughs> trees made of cheese have you chopped down uh, trees made of cheese? In None. Valheim, I, have I deforested, you know, half an, an island? Yes, I have, and quite happily. Um, <laughs> you know, fortunately, it being sort of a purgatory, I don't really have to worry too much about the uh, conservation of the forest. If I see a tree and I need the wood, I will cut it down, regardless of its shape or size. Um, so, yes. Um <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Sarah just putting things in the chat and um, she's just made me lose my shit now. Um, thank you, thank you for that. Anyway, moving on, yes, playing uh, Valheim, the Viking Purgatory survival game, um, has spent quite a bit of time in there at the moment and um, really loving what the what the dev team has come up with there. It's definitely addictive. Um, I haven't played a lot of the survival games that you, you know, put a lot of time and effort into the grind and resource harvesting and stuff like that before. So for me, it's still relatively new. Um, and I'm enjoying it and, you know, uh, enjoying finding little ways to sort of game the system um, that you see on, you know, pop up on Twitter and stuff like, you know. Uh, pig breeding towers and such which I haven't quite got around to implementing myself but uh, if, if, I, if I can HQ. Chance, yeah. <laughs> can we actually just back up there and can you explain because you're the only person on this episode who's actually played this game which apparently half the yes. world has played by now what the fuck yep. pig breeding tower can I <laughs> <laughs> alright so this um, so far there's three different they animals they assemble into a tower <laughs> when a mummy pig and a daddy pig love each other very much as do their they friends assimilate. and their cousins and everybody just kind of piles on top of each other so we've just turned this into a pig orgy is basically where we're at it's, it's kind of you're halfway there right so I, I basically only halfway how tall is the you forgot the Barry White so anyway, somebody went through and sort of, you know, after a lot of trial and error, figured out the math of, you know, um, pigs will breed if there's only, say, two of them in X amount of space or whatever. So what they've ended up doing is building this tower where you've got two pigs literally just trapped. Like, this is animal cruelty at its fucking finest, I will say. They're just literally pinned in this one spot up there. You chuck some food in there and then every so often they'll just spawn a new little baby pig which then falls from the tower lands safely and boom you have just a constant supply as long as you keep putting food up in that tower so it's just raining pigs yes i'm not sure on the timing of it like how often they fall but they just yeah literally just spawn in and fall down and then you can just go in and you know kill them at your at your leisure and take the meat and scraps so it's it's rather ingenious wouldn't the pigs already be dead from falling from the tower Surprisingly, no. They don't seem to suffer any any damage at all. Any, they don't suffer any fall damage. Hey, okay. When yeah. pigs fly, no, no. shit happens. <laughs> Literally so, and figuratively. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's something like I was like I said. I just saw the video of it on YouTube the other day, and I'm like, oh, I want to try that. But you know, um, again, that means a lot more chopping down trees and you know, another half a forest that's going to have to come down. And eventually you do sort of get sick of just cutting down the trees and just want to go exploring and um, die pretty much. It's just, yeah, that's that's half the game. You go wandering off in a direction, something kills you, then you got to try and get back there to get all your stuff. It sounds a lot like what turned me off a lot of um, survival games to begin with. Like, I've been fortunate in that I haven't died too often um you do have a map from the get-go like unlike games like um arc which i did play a little bit you like in that one you've got no map so you've got to basically try and remember where you went in order to find find your stuff at least with this it'll give you a um map marker 
of where your grave is to guide you there. And I think you've got something like two or three in-game days to get to that marker before your stuff despawns. So you can... I've died maybe about five times overall, so I'm sort of doing a pretty good run. And um, most of those times are just when I've been, you know, fighting through a dungeon, killing skeletons and stuff. And, you know, it'd be like, kill a few, go back in, grab my stuff, re-equip, go in and kill a few more and die again and more because I was shit at the combat and not so much um, just the difficulty of the game. Do the mobs in the dungeons respawn? No. Once you clear a dungeon, that's it. You're done. Same as um, once you you clear out... Once you clear out your resources, um, like say uh, you're mining copper in the black forest biome, if you literally clear out all of your copper from every biome, that's it. You, the only way you get any more is to jump into another world and continue mining it there and then take it back to yours. Jump into another world? I really don't know. I, I assume this is Viking survival. You've now got freaking portals now. They'd have to um, for the multiplayer. I just mean like, yeah, Actually, yeah. multiplayer. Hmm. Yeah, so, the Bifrost is pretty heavily featured in Norse mythology, so <laughs> it does make it does make canonical sense. Yeah. Um, I had um a mate of mine is talking about like you can now purchase servers to essentially get all your friends onto a server together and just play. So have you have you dealt with a lot of the um oh what's the word a lot of the multiplayer or a lot of the playing with other people? Or have you just been doing it solo? Uh, for the most part, I've been solo. Um, I did have, um, I have played, uh, uh, with one other person, my, um, my father-in-law, funnily enough, he, cause it turns huh. out he was already playing the game for a couple of weeks before me. Um, so yeah, he's, he's sort of jumped in and I'm like showing him off what I've got and he's like, oh, okay, okay. And then he took me over to my world and I felt, you know much shame for the state of mine, my little crap shack that I'd built. So then went back to my world and built a whole brand new base, which is now a double story building with portals and everything. And I'm quite proud of it now and fuck him. Um, so you can have pigs dropping from the sky. So, you know, once I build the tower, although I'm not sure how to get the pigs up there. You have a pig fountain. (laughs) Getting the initial two pigs up there is going to be the challenge. I think I'm literally going to have to sort of push them up an incline of wood to get them up into this top spot. You just like whack in the head with a rock and then just kind of climb it up and then just leave it there and... Yeah, can they, does it, can you put them in a bedroll, a bag, harness them to your back and carry them? No. No. It's it's literally just sort of running into them and rolling, (laughs) rolling on the ground to sort of push them along. Some bug where maybe they can just climb up and you just like, just take some food and they kind of follow you. No. No, don't even can't even get that to happen. It'll it'll probably be easier. Like I'll probably have to tame them first, which um, getting the first one into like a taming pen and then you know shutting the door behind them is no worries. The second one though, I found it was just better to stand there and let him gore me while I built the fence around him and then jump over. <laughs> well, look, this may sound silly, but can you build a catapult? <laughs> I am down with Huso's <laughs> version of this game. <laughs> I just think Not, a very, yeah, I think uh, a very slow and steady ramp. Oh, that it's what then, I'm going to have to. That you then, that you then torch. And they run up the ramp. 
on whether whether it's part of the structure because one of the one of the things that i do like about the game is say you're building a base it's not like minecraft where you can just you know oh yeah attach some attach some blocks and make a roof and then destroy everything around it or you know have that level go for you know 20 20 blocks you've got you've got physics you've got to have the supports there Mm. and um otherwise because when i was building my 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 new double story house i had no idea why just one section of the roof whenever i try and put it on it'd just break and collapse and i'm just like you know what fuck you i just chuck some extra bits on to brace it and then bang i was good but yeah you need to actually build the support in for your buildings otherwise it'll break down which is you know nifty little use of physics there cool I'm I'm gonna spend the rest of the evening thinking of a solution to your pig fountain. Yeah, I I, I came God up damn it, about this Viking game, and now I just want to know how you get pigs in the sky. I... <laughs> just 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 you look on YouTube, pig tower. And you'll I'm see a big what fan I mean. of Polka Rosso. Maybe you could teach him to fly airplanes. Okay. All right, let's, let's, let's just drag this shambling corpse out of the way. Huso, have you run into any shambling corpses? Have, have, has Bethesda managed to resurrect a shambling corpse? Well, love it. Um, so, Fallout 76. Yeah. Uh, Bethesda reached out to me um, because I reviewed it way back in the day when it first came out, and it was a travesty shit show of a launch. And even Todd Howard this week came out and said in an interview that he said there was very little we didn't stuff up at the launch of Fallout 76. So even even they're honest about how uh, dreadfully like, that thing came out. I would be curious to hear what the little is. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. <laughs> he didn't so, do an interview, Tim. It's fine. I'm sure we'll fine. find out. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, they've reached out and said, hey, would you mind having a look again? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? There's not much going on at the moment. It'll give me something to do, you know, a bit of content for the website. I'm actually quite surprised, to be honest. It's it's come a long way. Look, it's it's still not a world-beating game. I'll get that out there right now. It's not Fallout Five. It's it it's not a sequel to Skyrim. It's not that, but it is a lot closer than it was, and that makes it a lot better game. Uh, so I think about six months ago they introduced NPC characters. And a whole big quest line, which is essentially like playing a Fallout game. You go from point A to B to quest givers, and and uh, and then off you go to solve the quest. Um, which which adds a lot to this game that was dreadfully empty, apart from all the technical issues, which are understandable if not forgivable um, at a launch of a game like this. In- in a game well, like this. in any game by Bethesda, frankly. Yes. So, well, um, yeah, I was, I was trying to be diplomatic. When it first came out, it felt so horribly empty. The game just felt empty. It was you, and there was kind of this evidence that people had been there, but no actual people. So it just felt like this dead world. And even when you ran across other players, it, there was just you could see what they were trying to do with it and create this kind of instead of having NPC characters just create this world of of people living in a fallout universe, but it just never quite worked like, like that. And there wasn't enough to keep people in, invested. So creating these quest lines that seem to be updated on a fairly regular basis, um, adds that bit of, a bit of, uh, 
you know, bit of the carrot on the stick for, for single players to come in and then perhaps along their way get invested with the other players that have spent. There is quite a thriving community now in this game and, and they've all got, you know, spent a lot of time building up their home bases or campsites, um, you know, to where they like it. And every now and then you hear uh, uh, a warning from your pit boy that says a nuclear weapon has been launched and you've got to quickly get um, but you know so there's there's this evidence that people are still playing it and you can run across people's camps and actually utilize their gear now so if they've got uh, crafting benches and things like that you can use those um, you can sleep in their beds which is a little odd but you can do it and it's probably not COVID safe either but hey this is fallout um, they've created a universe uh, but, where COVID is the least of your worries the least of your concerns <laughs> Uh, but I've actually quite enjoyed the quest because uh, they've done they've done them in quite a clever way in that there's quite often multiple ways to go about uh, finishing uh, the quests. For example, there's one pretty early on in the quest line where you're kind of you wander into a bar and the bar's having trouble with a gang of thugs that are terrorizing it. You know, typical sort of stuff. But if you talk to another guy in the bar, he goes, "Hey, here's a couple of ways you might get around having to just walk in and shoot a lot of them." Um, so there's one where you can, uh, talk to another NPC who's got access to a, uh, a stealth boy, you know, from fallout that makes you invisible. Um, and then there's another one that talks to a farmer that have made a deal with these thugs and you can use that information to kind of weasel your way into the thug hideout and actually convince them not to attack the bar anymore. So you, you can solve it in these, you can stealth in and just cap cap the boss um you can go guns blazing and kill everyone in the whole place or you can actually talk your way into them and make a deal with the thugs and tell them not to to um uh, annoy the bar anymore so there's some some interesting um you know rpg questy sort of stuff going on here which just out of curiosity how pronounced is this bar specific mission oh it's it's like the third mission in because yeah, i think i find particularly actually particularly with um bethesda games and also i guess the newer deus ex as well that's a degree is you read one review and i'll give you this one example of this cool kind of mission that happens and then yeah. you read another, another review and the exact same example comes out and then you read another review and you get the exact same thing again yeah it's like i'm wondering like is this like a kind of a standout pillar thing or do you think this is maybe something that is going to trickle through the entire... I think it's going to trickle through the whole thing from from what I'm talking about because I've a few missions on from that now and every time I've had multiple steps with possible solutions to the to the quest. So, yeah. If I can jump in, um, yep. I gave uh, Fallout 76 another crack. Uh, like it was a while ago now when they introduce the NPCs yep. and the mission that you're actually talking about um, I remember going through that quest line because that's now set up rather than the and initially you were just going out and tracking down the overseers yep. tapes and caches and stuff like that um, this this mission is now more of the introductory thing. yeah they set that up as sort of the beginning of the storyline as you first come out of the vault so a lot of people so pretty much everybody will um, will encounter that mission uh, when they do start playing or whether, if they return to start playing after a while away. But when I did have a crack at it, 
I found that actually using the character that I that I had originally when the game first came out, which I think I had him up to like level 25 or something, that actually set me up a lot better because it gave me more um, speech check choices or yeah. whatever stuff yeah. like that. You know, you know, able to be able to take advantage of those multiple methods to. You do have the up. option of going to the overseer storyline straight up as well and there are actually npcs in the overseer storyline now as well so um it's it's still essentially the same story but there's a few npcs that are in it that are involved in it and uh give you a bit of assistance as as you go um and there's still there's still things like they've added events like destiny style events to fallout so every now and then, you know, in Destiny where you'll you'll have those public events and everyone just kind of swarms on a big boss guy. They've got things like that happening now, which I always enjoy in games. I really liked them in Elder Scrolls Online. Like uh, they had some in the last uh, in the Skyrim expansion. I think the newest one's Morrowind or, or is Oblivion. No, the newest one's Oblivion. But the last year's one was Skyrim and they had these uh, massive vampires that were kind of the focus of the community event. And that was really cool because one person had no chance at hell. You needed like 50 people and it encouraged that kind of raid sort of mentality just with randoms. Cause you'd see it on the map and everyone would immediately hightail it to that one spot to try and get in on the action and get the cool loots at the end of it. So they've got that sort of thing in fallout uh, 76 now. And uh, I tell you what, the technical areas are, are gone. It's, it's looking about as good as a fallout game on that old engine can look now. Um, yeah. you know, it's an old engine, it shows its age, but it's running super smooth. Um, yeah, everything looks much better than it did when it launched. No frame rate issues at all. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly think now that it's on Game Pass, it, it, I mean, it hopefully thing, will find, it? yeah, it'll hopefully find its, its, um, its audience again because they have done a lot of work to it and I feel like it's worth rewarding by at least checking it out if it's for you uh they have they haven't let it die like many many other companies would have just let it die or tried they, and said forever like EA kept on insisting that Anthem yeah was the, you know it's i don't like but they've they've put the effort in and 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 it shows so yeah it's worth checking out especially because it it's you know essentially free now redemption on the same scale that we saw with um no man's sky or Final Fantasy XI, which I think was like the original, this game was a fucking disaster. Yeah. And now people are still playing it because they lit, like, that game went from like the worst MMO game ever to maybe one of the best. I don't know that it's Final Fantasy XIV. XIV, sorry, I don't know that it's at that level, but it's certainly quite good. Like, it has come away uh, from its dreadful launch with, um, you know, it, they've managed to get itself together. And they had a lot of stumbles along the way too. Like this was not an easy upgrade path for Bethesda. They, like if you follow the story of Fallout 76 to where it is today, there's, you know, a lot of, you know, one step forward, two steps back, a couple to the side, you know, a couple more forward, a few more stumbles. And they they finally managed to get it all together. Um, and it'll actually be very interesting to see how they support it going forward now that they're officially uh, got the Microsoft dollar behind them and if, if, mm. if they invest more in it or they just keep it flying. I think Bethesda's the one company that never needed the Microsoft dollar. Yeah, yes and no. Um, I think having Microsoft behind them will see mean we see more games like the 
like an Evil Within sequel or something like that that's not necessarily mm. the giant giant number one selling As game. To, we'll just re-release Skyrim on this other platform that you never yeah. thought could play so Skyrim, think, sell a million copies, and then just cruise on that. Hopefully, you know, we see more of that sort of thing from Bethesda now, that they have they can be a little less risk-adverse. Um, but, yeah, Fallout 76 is worth having a go. If you've got an Xbox, I think... It's even on PC Game Pass now. Um, I'm playing on be. Steam. I don't see why it would. Yeah, be. I'm pretty sure it would be. So yeah, it's worth checking out, and it, it's it's a million times better than it was. And I get that that's a pretty low bar, but yeah, it's it's worth checking out. Cool. I guess I I probably won't because it's not my thing. But well, no. if it is, I, yeah, man, that can that game was. That was a hell of a thing when that game came out because people were yeah. so excited and then so not excited and they tried to be excited and they weren't excited and Twitter was a fun thing to watch for like that first week after it came out and like just watching people. It's maybe the biggest case of that since like the fourth Indiana Jones movie the way you're just watching people kind of come to terms. Yeah. Over yeah. the period of about a week with what the reality actually is. Um, anyway, I'm going to stop teasing now and just straight up throw it to Sarah. You've been playing Bravely Default, Default 2. I love how this game looks. I'm not so sure I want to play it. Where are you at? Okay, why don't you want to play it? Time. Oh, fighting yep. words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... The one the legitimate reason... excuse that Sarah will accept. It is a legitimate excuse I'll accept. <laughs> except somehow, despite my lack of time... I played time, the demo I and I found it a little bit grindy. Well, yeah, and it's and it's supposed Hence to be, but time, I think, um, yeah. So I think, in terms of Bravely Default Two, what it does that a lot of games, a lot of the Final Fantasy genre games, tend to have trouble with is it gives an avenue for an alternate way to grind that is more passive, and that's what I loved about the Bravely Default games in general. So the two original 3DS games that came out, you had ways of constructing um, additional towns through meeting people through street pass. You could get other characters sent to your account from street pass that basically when you had a massive boss battle, you just grabbed your friend's level 99 character, just went, fuck, remember street pass? Yeah, it was great. That was Um, fucking awesome, honestly. I I know, and I miss it. It's like the last time I went to Japan, I kid you not, I had my Switch and I had my 3DS and I decided to take my 3DS because I just wanted the street passes. Didn't take I mean, my switch. I it was got the, the three thing. to take to Japan. My weirdest thing, and it was kind of a high followed by immediate bummer, was mm. it was the anniversary of 3DS. And I was in the way, but I went through Kyoto that day and I got um, Iwata on my 3DS. And I was like, holy shit, what? No, he went onto everybody's 3DS. It's just that I happened to have passed through Kyoto, which gave it this little extra element of weight. Wait, yeah. is that legit? <laughs> yeah. I and then I got know. home and I was like, oh, it was not legit. Mm. Oh. It was everybody got it from Nintendo. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm the same. I, lo- I love the Bravely Default games because I love basically being able to pick up, put them down, and just run into mobs and just, you know, keep playing, leveling up, and leveling up um, your jobs as you go. So, for people who don't know, the main difference between, I think, a lot of the new Final Fantasy games and, say, some of your um, older ones is Bravely Default has a job system. And it was very... Um, it's an element kind of back from about Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 5, where you would have jobs and you'd equip them to your characters in order to essentially level up those jobs and to unlock additional abilities. 
Whereas with those, they're more about unlocking spells. With um, Bravely Default 2, they are a lot, a lot more of active and passive abilities, which are just a ton of fun, especially when you have a main job that you equip to your character, which is the main one that you level up, and where you can sit there and you just keep using all the really cool attacks that you want to with that with that sub job, but you're not getting, I guess, level up points from that. Um, getting back to the question about why you don't have any time and why you can't do it. So the passive way of playing with this mm. game, which is um, a little bit different, is essentially you get to sail on a boat. So that sounds what nice you do, in so, a world of no more cruises anymore. Yeah, I know. You don't get to see the boat, but that's not the point. Um, essentially, when you put your... A lot of people put their switches into sleep mode. For some strange reason, that's the default thing that Nintendo freaking does, is that they go into sleep mode. If you want to proper power off, you got to hold that you know, button down like it's nobody's business and wait for it to go, yes, I actually want to power it off because I love my battery more than I love life. So... I have to you question put, your priorities there a little bit, Sarah. Hush. But... Hush. Get to my point. So... With the when you <laughs> you just got Tim. bombed. Oh my god, Tim. So the when you put into sleep mode, essentially in the background, you are uh, kind of your little your party is going out on a boat and they are going out and defeating mobs and they're getting what are called experience orbs and job orbs. And what you can do is instead of taking the time to go and kill mobs in your sleep. You can accrue some more of these experience and job orbs, and then you just level up your characters. Wait, and is then this like a case a of like I don't have time to play this game for two weeks, and I come back to it, and everybody's just like level a million. A little bit, not that much. So, but it, it makes like it makes when you used 000. to change the date on your Xbox to get all the money in Fable Two. No, because it has a, it has a maximum it has a maximum cap of twelve hours, so it doesn't let you do that, which is an absolute uh, kill. So, oh my gosh, that sounds that almost sounds like a gambling mechanic. There, it's like you just got to check in every half a day. No, you just put it on when you go to sleep. You wake up, you got some experience orbs, you level up your characters, and then you get about your day. And if you want to play, and you, and you play the game when you got time to do so. But what I love about the Bravely Default games that I guess a lot of the other JRPGs don't have is I feel that Bravely Default is more of a pick up, put down game them what that would help yeah. yeah so it's it's very classic and the story is very um it's very vanilla you've got to go and find these crystals that are a representation of the four elements oh, of course it's it's that stock right, i've lost stuff. a bit of interest so, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you don't really have to engage with the story if you don't want to um the things that it does a little bit differently to the original bravely defaults firstly that passive system which is you know, I think it's a good solution given they didn't have Street Pass, so that works really well. Do you know what, though? Um, the, the main hmm? takeaway I've gotten there is Nintendo should put fucking Street Pass on the Switch. I can't see any reason why it would not actually be possible. I don't know. But they don't Nintendo have, they be have Nintendo, Nintendo, man. They had a good so, idea, everybody loved it, after this, and then they just took it away again. Yep. yep. Nintendo are Nintendo. Indeed. So... I look. I enjoyed it as I enjoyed the original two Bravely Default games. I, as someone who finds it very hard to grind through a lot of the more modern JRPGs, this was. It's nice. It's it's well suited for the system. Um, the it's it's nice. It's a cozy game. It's a it's a game that you don't have to sit and really. It it has that nice little level of morality in the story. It's got a nice little, um, you know, a party that you just feel familiar with and you know you just go about 
killing mobs and and life is is cheerful adventure when you're not murdering stuff yeah pretty much but look i i think people were very concerned about it because they because there were a lot of things that were different to the original two games the turn orders were done a bit differently so originally when in the original games you decide what all your characters did at the beginning of the turn and then wherever their actions fell in the initiative was just where they fell here there's more of an active time battle system mm. that's going on so you got to so you only do the actions for that one character you wait for that to happen and then you commit to what you're going to do for the next character um not the same i'm not seeing for me it wasn't that much of a bugbear i know people during the demo had a real issue with it um the thing that i found a real issue with during the demo was for some strange reason however they did the voice acting in the demo really grated me and that was really that was the thing that was I was borderline not going into the game because I didn't know if they were going to have a Japanese voice track or not. Um, and I was so irate at the English voice yeah, track. I, I was remember just like, that oh. it was, it really wanted to know it was a British dub. Like they yeah. really, so they, really wanted you to know that. So they've got a American accent, a British accent, a very Scottish accent, and a, I don't know what the devil she is accent. <laughs> um, but in the demo, they were more grating to me. So I think somehow either they re-recorded or they did some things because in the final game, it doesn't, it's not as burdensome to me. Like I'm, I find if I'm a little bit more comfortable with it and the new, and the final game does have the Japanese voice track in it too, which is for people, it's pretty solid. I'm playing with the English track. I'm finding no issues with it. Um, and yeah, it's, look, there's not much else you can say about it. It's, it's a very, um, cozy vanilla kind of, Final Fantasy-esque sort of thing done by the people who do Final Fantasy relatively well. I I was I was happy with it. I know people were really hesitant about it, um, but I I've really I've really enjoyed it, and I enjoy you know sitting down for an hour or so when I can and just you know. Have you got to switch in time to sync? Yeah, pretty much. It's got me off of Hades for a little bit, which is very surprising. I guess that's an accomplishment. It's the first time I've ever heard somebody talking about stopping playing Hades. Yeah, because I can't, because I keep having the Bravely Default thing in, in sleep mode. <laughs> so I can't play Hades. <laughs> it's the price that we pay, Tim. It's the price that we pay. Oh, the best the best <clears throat> sleep mode or time thing ever will be the Metal Gear Solid 3 mm. sniper <laughs> boss who will die of old age if you don't play it for like a week or something. That is pretty rad. Yeah. Anywho, that's anyway. my summary. Did a review of it, loved it. The end. The end. Excellent. Go read, go read the review. I probably would have been more concise in that than I was here. Possibly. In any case, we're going to take a short break so Sarah can, I don't know, find her thoughts and get more drinks. Apparently, this is a mission. I'm <laughs> having faces made at me. I don't. <laughs> and hands. Made me sound like a drunkard. Jesus Christ. She that's says before immediately. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm Considering just Tim and I spend 90% of our podcast talking about, about beer. beer and yeah. occasionally I, rum. Before we continue, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know I still am halfway through my first drink and Tim is holding up his fair. empty my glass. My glass is empty. So I no judgments on my end. Seriously. <laughs> Take that and rotate. That's just cruel. Save sure. a motherfucker with the Pepsi right here. I mean, yeah. mine was actually Diet yeah. Coke, but I feel like it's more badass if I pretend it. <laughs> He's just got a cup of tea. All right, yeah, that's where we're cutting the break. There's rum in that coffee, isn't there? There's rum in that All coffee. All right, when we... No, when... it's cup of tea. 
when, when we come back, we're actually going to, you know, talk about new generation wowsers and stuff. Fuck on. Yes. Wowsers, hey? Wowsers. It is a tale that anybody who's probably listened to this um, podcast for a few years or has read anything I've ever written is probably now very tired of, but it was a, oh my gosh, it was more than half my lifetime ago now. I remember being an excited 16-year-old November 30th had finally come to Australia after two delays. I finally got my hands on a fucking Dreamcast. Australia's launch. Biggest mess imaginable for a first world country. Sarah's laughing so hard and I feel bad for myself somehow. Um... <laughs> But holy, like, they did everything wrong with that Australian launch, but holy shit, when I fired that thing up. And then, like, three days later, when they actually got the game that was supposed to be available at launch out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I booted up Sonic Adventure, say what you will of it, and, like, I remember just that I still have this vivid memory of the character select screen and just selecting Sonic and, like, his little animation, which kind of involved turning around and, like, the spikes in the back of his head weren't these kind of just weird straight needles like they were in the Sega Saturn. Like the whole curvature, like all the extra animation is like, wow, this is... This machine's got... This machine can do shit. <laughs> it's got grunt. It's got grunt that I... <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> and then you proceeded to drive a forklift in Shenmue for the next three years <laughs> slight exaggeration but sure that there were, there were four clips yeah i was that. surprised the dreamcast lasted that long Ew. man sarah's really got in for me after that alcoholic comment earlier i, do, I don't have I seriously don't. i'm just i just love how she's throwing shade then chugging from a can <laughs> i'm throwing shade jugging from a can dude i'm an i'm a nintendo fan girl come on you had this coming you know you had this coming. I, I thought we were all above console wars at no. Being, apparently not. No. no. I mean, the, no. the point I'm going for is like there was a, a distinct point in time, and I'm curious like how it has evolved now, where there was like next gen was like, holy fuck, look at this. Mm. Like it's this jump that I cannot fathom anymore. And like the thing that actually brought this topic on to um make this relevant to our Nintendo fangirl over here was um the I guess prototype for a dinosaur planet in Nintendo sixty four. Like kind of found its way online a couple of weeks ago. There's a video of it on Player 2 YouTube channel. Yes, which you should go watch. And then you should go and look at what it eventually evolved into on the GameCube and look at the huge, unbelievably massive fucking difference between those two things. Yep. Yep. Because my, my brain is conditioned. Like, I mean, I remember all the generations from when I was alive. My, I look at that Dinosaur Planet stuff and go, wow, that is a really impressive looking Nintendo 64 game. 
And yeah. then you see Star Fox Adventures, and you're like, it looks a million times better, and he's running at like three times the frame rate. Like that yeah. jump is just so huge. I think the 64 yes. was a very interesting console in that it punched well above what it was actually capable of doing to the point where it's the only console I can think of that actually had a memory upgrade <laughs> that was optional. The Saturn did, <laughs> the Saturn did it? Yeah. Okay. So you could upgrade the RAM in the Saturn too, could you? But yeah, I'd, it's never happened before or since, but developers pushed the 64 so hard that they had to basically give it a mid-console uh, little expansion pack to make things work. That was like the Nintendo 64 Pro. You could just buy a thing to slide into it. Yeah, mm. slide into it. <laughs> like, they pushed that beast till it, like, broke. Like, it, you, you couldn't play Perfect Dark without the expansion, could no, you? I think it is just shit no. with it. And yeah. then, even then, all the games were running at, like, 20 frames per second. Yeah. But, again, that, like, stresses, like, how big the fucking jump was. Like, going from that to a Dreamcast... Yeah. Or if you were sticking strictly to Nintendo, going that to a GameCube, which is even more powerful again, was just... Mm. Well, going from a Super Nintendo to that was just... Well, that was a 2D Starburst... jump as well. Yeah, but but look at Starburst versus Lilat Wars. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was freaking insane. In those particular genres, especially Mario Kart, is another huge leap mm. in Anything those two. Anything that trying to do 3D. Previously, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was like they were kind of late in that generation. They were really trying to go for it. And then when you went to Nintendo 64, it was like, dude, they were 245% there. <laughs> the, going, going back to what you were saying before, Tim, about the whole, you know, you got your Dreamcast and then three days later you got your games, which my most recent experience of, of buying new consoles is the console, but I've never felt the games have really – I don't remember the last time I bought a launch day game with a console. Like, and and this is just and that's just insane. You bought so, Astro Bot whether you wanted to or not. I can't find <laughs> it. This is really weird. Actually, I'm, I'm Wait, gonna what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I un a I uninstalled it because I want space. <laughs> but now I can't yep. find it. Now I can't re-download it. Oh, I've never played Astro Bot. It's, I've got it sitting funny, there with intention. I, I noticed it was missing from my from the collection thing in my PS5 as well the other day when right. I was just looking through randomly. Yeah, so maybe yeah, you can't, can't delete that thing. You get one shot at playing it and then you're done. Ah well. Oh well. well. Yeah. Save. We're fine. We're still alive. <laughs> maybe miss one you want. I clearly haven't played it. I've never actually even seen a PS5 in the wild yet. But, but I mean, the, the thing was with um the 3DS, like it had the crappiest launch lineup. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a good con. I bought, I bought a launch console, stupidly, smartly, because then I got the ambassador program, which made it so worth it. Um, but then I just didn't, the games that were out for it at the time just didn't, they just didn't interest me. So it's just, mm. and, and I think, like, I think that's the one thing that I regret about like the most recent generations is that every time that I've purchased a new console, I've never felt that I've found the game that feels like the launch title for that console. The Switch would be the only one possibly, but I didn't get um, Breath of the Wild at launch. And also that was a Wii U game as well, ironically. Yeah. Yeah, arguably. So... Uh, I mean, it, it's... Cha I mean, it's cha obviously when I got my Dreamcast, I was still like at the tail end of shit came out in japan and then roughly a year yeah. later 
It made mm-hmm. so you it had time to have, but I mean, like, I was actually never that big a fan. But like Soul Calibur, when people saw that shit running, mm-hmm. it was kind of a knock your soft, socks off kind of a moment. The PS2 was actually a pretty garbage launch lineup. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well. I think it took think... about a year to get going. For me, I was, remember um, playing so much Red Faction on the PS2, the original Red <laughs> Faction, and just <laughs> kicking in a multiplayer match with with just the bots running around. Spent so many hours doing that. Anyway, sorry. Just felt like I had to say something. I've been silent That's for okay. way I, too I long. Missed, I missed generations between Nintendo 64 and the Wii. Everything in between that I completely missed, which mm. I feel very ashamed about because I missed a, probably a lot of that good stuff. That was a wild generation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And also, I missed a lot of good stuff, but I, both, but I just... Mm. Both in terms of some of the games, I think Huso, you and I were talking about, was it The Suffering or something? Like, there was just certain... Yeah, double A games that of, existed that don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, the games that Midway used to make essentially, you know, they weren't quite almost that niche that kind of THQ Nordic's starting to fill now a little bit. Mm. Um, but that kind of almost triple A, but not quite. And so, if it got an eight out of ten, it was a really good example of that game. Sort of that. that it was also kind of like quirky and like there wasn't mm. anything yeah. else there. There was mm. no rules about it. You could you could be a little bit odd. But on that, but I. I you go. That, that next-gen wow factor, the thing about that generation that I find super fascinating is that the time between the release of the Dreamcast and the original Xbox is the same as that between the Saturn and the Dreamcast. So effectively, there was yep. a generational shift within the generation. Like, the Xbox yeah. came out a full generational cycle after the Dreamcast. Yep. And it was still somehow and, the same generation. And I was going to say, the Xbox for me... So at the time I was, uh, I just finished school. I was about 20, I think. So I was povo, um, had no money. uh, So I had a PC that struggled to run Deus Ex at the time. Uh, So an early 3D card and that sort of thing. And then for my uh, 20th birthday, my nan gave me some money and I I bought an Xbox with Halo. And just Halo, because literally everybody I knew got that pack that had Halo. Jet Set Radio I, I and had, Sega GT. <laughs> yeah, no, I got Halo and uh, Brute Force together. Um, Brute Force wasn't much chop, but Halo was a the, fucking the launch game. When you come out of the and you first see the Halo, where you land, like, and the Master Chief crashes on the Halo, and you look up at the Halo coming across, that's a pretty cool moment, and it's mm. it's. It's it was the real next gen moment for me at the time because I was I was I was always a PC player up until that point. Um, Halo was the first game I used a twin stick controller with, so I, I had to teach myself how to use a twin stick controller. I mean, it invented uh, that control out. It was a weird. Well, it kind of did. There was um, PS One games had Medal of Honor and a few things used the DualShock uh controls but halo was the first one i'd actually used the dual shot controls or like the, a really the obscure one kiss psycho circus on the dreamcast i think had you <laughs> mashing like the buttons as if they were a yeah <laughs> uh but it was it was a moment i guess that that whole change of going from a, a pc player into a console player it it, it kind of felt me because it was a first person shooter so it, it felt really comfortable to begin with but um, then learning how to use the controller and then having that moment where you come out and go, wow, this is what consoles can do now. Maybe I have mm. been missing out. You know, I thought that was that was a really, really big moment in, yeah. I guess, in my personal gaming history. 
a wow moment. And I don't know that I've had many since then, even later in the generations, you know. Well, I mean, you kind of get generations of software within yeah. the thing as well. I mean, Halo, Halo was a weird one because, like, in some ways it was visually so spectacular. Like, the number of enemies on screen at the time. Actually, when you started seeing water effects done well for the first time, which was that generation, like, er, like yep. there was a brief period of about two years where, like, every time I saw water, I'd, like, run out and see if it would ripple or not. Yep. But uh, other, other stuff about it, like, if you, like, any cutscene or make major interaction, like, character animation in that game was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it wasn't terrible i guess it is uh, definitely it was, terrible. if you're playing japanese games at the time it was it was terrible like they, they clearly had different places where they yeah. were putting their resources yeah um but yeah halo i think is a good example of it uh, i don't know that this gen though to be honest this gen i i think sean and i are the only two with both the consoles and of all the next gen games i've played that i guess the best that you'd use as a showpiece to your friends to say, hey, look at next-gen power that I've played, is actually NBA 2K. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. The next-gen version of that is pretty it fucking stunning. It does look stunning. pretty wild. Um, like, the crowd looks real for the first time ever. You know, Usually in sports games, it's just cardboard the same cutouts. cardboard cutouts going, hey. <laughs> just arms up <laughs> and down, up and down. Arms up, wave, you know, but they look real. The yeah. referees and, and everything the... looks real. The player characters are unreal. Yeah, the, I, the irony here, of course, being this is the first year would have been realistic to not bother with the crowds. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and the play, and like it has the RTX effects on the court, so you get the reflections and stuff and the players and the ball. And that adds a lot. And then you mix that in with the black magic that is the NBA 2K commentary that somehow is still the best commentary in sports and no one comes even close to it. Oh, that's a... The way- I, I'm going to, like, go way back here, but that was, like, a weird moment. I think when we first got our PlayStation, I forget what it was. It wasn't FIFA. It was a soccer franchise that I think since died, but at the time Arriba. it had... No, probably is still very much alive. It was Actua Soccer 2 or something? Okay. Um, but the commentary at the time was amazing, and, like, that... When I think about next-gen mind-blowing, I mostly think either, holy shit, they got surround sound, or holy shit, look how many polygons there are. Yeah. Those are one of the things, like, oh, wow, this commentary is, like, it's naming all the players, it's, like, following the plays. Yep. And that's what NBA 2K's always done so well. And then you add it in in with the next-gen power, and it, and it really is a, a really good way to show off your system. It's just that I don't think anyone would ever look at NBA 2K in that light. It's... It's, it's an odd one, but all the other games, they look good, don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying the next-gen games are bad-looking because they're clearly not, but they haven't wowed me. Like, but, I mean, like have you got, like... Control wowed me. Control wowed me on the PC with the RTX stuff more than anything that has come out on the the new consoles. Well, I mean, um, Metro, yeah. 20, uh, Metro Exodus with the... Uh, once again, I think the RTX is the key. But for graphical wow moments, uh, it's better. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know that this gen has had its moment yet. I think that's probably a couple of reasons. I think that it will come. I think Ratchet and Clank is probably going to be the first one. Um, and I think possibly uh, well, Horizon, whenever it comes, has a chance. Well, Horizon's and going to be cross-gen. Yeah, it is. Uh, Halo Infinite, I think also has a chance but once again cross-gen 
So here's a question. Do you feel like the wow factor is impeded by the necessity to be cross-generation? Yes. Yep. I mean, I would assume Maybe so. that's why we're not feeling it. I mean, that, I mean that's just logical. I think it's all... I do also but, think there's diminishing returns. Like, I mean, there was a definite when I booted up Killzone for the first time on PS4. We'd hit the point where, oh, yeah, YouTube video is no longer, like, really cutting it for, like, what this actually looks like. That game was better looking than I was prepared for. But it also was not a bigger jump as, say, the generation before and the generation yeah. before that. Mm. And it seems that the RT RTX on now. Sorry, Sean, I'll wait a sec. RTX on the current consoles is maybe just a little bit below where it really needs to be, especially with how they're trying to push it more going forward. Like, you're already seeing the, like, you want you want your frame rate or your RTX. You cannot have both. I think they'll I think they'll work that out. Uh, you know, as, as developers get their handle on the systems more, you, it, it's shown every... Like, you look at the, the last year games of a console compared to the first year yeah. games of the console... That will happen over time naturally as developers. So I think they will get to a point where you get 60 frames and you get RTX. I think it's going to struggle for the first couple of years. Um, but I think you know the pro what? slash X versions of these consoles are just going to be like, now you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, now you can have 120 in RTX. Um, but I, th I, I, I think the wow factor will come. I do think that, uh, yeah, I think Ratchet and Clack is going to be the first one. Um, I think that's going to be a really really impressive title so did you actually play yesterday about yeah i did so because i i mean i mean i really 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 i, I felt it was it was a really good packing demo yeah but what i'm not getting i mean why keep coming back to it because i really love the vr game is super underappreciated that was yeah, a yeah. good fucking platformer um but like because people like i'm wondering how much of the wow factor is in the playstation 5 controller for some people like is that the game changer well, not even. I'm not like, feeling is it like it just like, is it a big deal? I haven't played enough PS5 games for it to be a factor. Personally. You deleted so... fucking Astro Bot. Yeah, but I play other games the on Astro it. Bot like, really come on. Is, well, <laughs> yeah, mean, cross generational stuff, stuff even more than visuals is. My uh, to to do a counterpoint to the whole kind of wow factors, and I and I think a lot of the conversation has gone on wow factor has to be based on you know oh my gosh. The graphics are doing well, and this is amazing. This is breathtaking. This is wow. I think for me, where the wow factors have always tended to come from is the the changes in control or hardware itself. So, and and look, and not to be a Nintendo fangirl, but the wow factor of the motion controls for the Wii, the oh, wow the factor. The first month of, of the Wii was fucking amazing. It was. So, and wore off, but that first month was incredible. But even the wow factor of having the dual screens on the DS, and as much, and yes, the the gimmick of the 3DS and having the 3D soon wore off, but still having a handheld that had community functionality and had an element of finding really creative ways to utilize. Very subtle thing to be excited about. I'm completely forgot that street pass had existed until we started the show yeah but that, this is the thing this is this is a wow factor that it, it feels like these last couple of generations have been so focused on the wow factor has to be based on what we see on the screen how big our screen is what the resolution is of the screen for me the wow factor always seemed to be the novel ways that i could accommodate it into my life 
that yeah. was the wow factor. I'm just getting to That's the switch the 3- being the ultimate yeah. wow factor here. Well, no, 3DS was the ultimate wow factor for me. More, more so than the Switch. And it's and for the reasons that I've said, it's not because the Switch is great that it offers both. It offers, you know, an element of having the performance of a reasonable generation console while also being able to be portable. And yes, there's, you know, there's very the allusions to the Vita and how the West really went, missed out on the Vita is, is a component of that. The 3DS, for me, was more of a wow factor because... That's where I found myself playing more games in a community and engaging with more people with it and utilizing more than one screen more effectively. So you lived than in probably what these you, other generations did. You didn't take an Australian 3DS to Japan only to find out that you could not play Mario Kart with other people because they had a different regional version of Mario Kart and they would even region lock it to the extent where you could not play together. No, I went to Japan with another person who had Mario Kart already on their Australian 3DS and could play so easily. I could, yes, because you both had Australian yeah. versions. I live in a quite Which international is... community. I could not play with American friends. Yeah, yeah. I could not play with Japanese friends. It literally I know, but, really I, but I had friends who went to street... We had street pass parties and they came with their Japanese and their Australian 3DSs. They came with both. So you I don't... You street pass, but you could not I, play I multiplayer together. I don't know. They could play. They could play what they want to play together. But you're putting you're putting roadblocks here in the way. I think of you're talking about community globally, which is what a lot of the new generation things done. And I and I recognise that PS4, PS5, you know, all these most recent generations, the community is on more of a global scale when you're talking about multiplayer games. I'm talking about small sense of community, which is is a little bit different. Does that kind of make sense? Well. It yeah. does accept. I'm talking about I was literally with a small group of people, but because we were all from different countries, and that's the situation I live Couldn't in, play together. Nintendo yeah. locked yeah. us out, and they had no good reason to other than controlling stuff. Which which is the legacy of the time, too, because that seems to have gone yeah. the way, too. I, Microsoft uh, managed to kill it by trying to talk about too much. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, there's definite wows to be had from gameplay innovation um, when when new consoles come out, uh, I think the Wii's a good example of that. Wii Sports was like a phenomenon, and Wii Fit, Wii Sports and Wii Fit game. was just just unstoppable force of nature. That that when that launched, that everyone had. It. My mum and dad had one for fuck's sake. And mm-hmm. oh, I was honestly, working retail when that yeah. system was at its peak. I'd sold it to grandparents. Yeah, and like it was just insane what happened there. But I also think that. Uh, there needs to be for a sense of, you know, value for money, if nothing else, I think there needs to be a visually measurable difference between your really expensive new piece of hardware and the one you've had sitting there for five years. You yeah, know what I mean? I, like, yeah, no, uh, I agree with that. I, I, yeah. I'm just recognizing that that's not the only thing that's it's not the only thing. Absolutely yeah, yeah. not. Yeah. 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 And I and I think that's important to note is that some of these innovations have been not just not just entirely about that because if you I guess if you want to get something that's graphically amazing keep upgrading your PC champ it's it'll work and it'll be and you know there's ways that you can continue being ahead of the game rather than relying on a console generation I think on it. PC graphics are actually somewhat at this point bottlenecked by consoles because they have the development has to factor consoles into consideration. 
So it's mm. not until the new console hardware comes around that the actual PC can actually be pushed to its full ability, or you're just losing out on at least half your sales. And with budgets that high, you really haven't got to. Crypto miners buying all the fucking yeah, graphics card also doesn't destroying help, the environment so. at the same time. What yep. the hell? Sean raised his hand. Sean, <laughs> so polite, Sean. <laughs> So, like just talk over. Well, us, I, I did. I did try and jump in there a couple of times, and I just kick it and shut out. So I just, like, I just, I just <laughs> raised my hand quickly. You know, you, you said you were going to come back to me, Tim, but you, you never I, did. Yes, yeah. Mr. Anyway, Nichols, what right. would you like to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim's about to crack it at me. Um, and look, for me, the um, I think the the biggest wow moment for both uh, for this current generation, you know, like as Matt said, you know, I've I've got the Xbox Series X, I've got the PS5. Um, graphically, like you can see a difference, especially when you compare them. Like I did a uh, comparison video on um, a couple of games running on the base Xbox One compared to the Xbox Series X when it first launched, and you can really you can see the differences in those games, and they look a lot better on the Series X. But what um, what has really captured me is just the loading times of these games, how fast yeah. things are firing up from the get-go. I mean, even the jump from, say, PS3 to PS4, you still had those loading times. Like, yeah, it had more power, but your game still took a while to load up and whatever. I, I've i never had it, had one, had um, sort of the realization of just how fast it is from the get-go. Like, my, um, my father-in-law was questioning me about the ps5 the other day and he's like oh so how's it go and i'm like i can turn it on start up miles morales right from having been completely shut down i can click on that load in load my current game and i'll be swinging swinging around new york in less than a minute yeah mm. and that that to me is the wow factor of these it was super noticeable in the so when i had the the series x on the preview period um before the general public had got a hold of it and i was playing some destiny 2 on it and it became Mm -hmm. super noticeable then because you come to those little there's like in in some of the bigger strikes and stuff there's like a mid kind of mid strike loading point where it just Mm -hmm. kind of cycles for a few seconds i'd be off and running a good 20 seconds before the rest of the players would catch up with me because they were they were running on the old xbox you know and so you'd be often well and truly down the track chasing and whatever the goal was because because they were running on just the old load time so it was it's, it was really noticeable then and especially now that they've released the um the the next gen upgrade for destiny it's even faster yeah like it, it blew me out when um when that was released just how fast i jumped in um, yep. jumped on like loaded into a world and There's nothing um, like brute force to solve problems is there exactly exactly and i do think graphics wise we we are going to sort of be sitting on the fence while they are splitting the um the development over the two different generations mm-hmm. um you know we're only going to see the best of what these consoles are capable of, of further down the track when probably. they go right we're phasing oh, no. out the Xbox One and the PS4, um, but for now, just yeah, not ooh, Borderlands Three, for example. You would sit there when you go to fire it up and watch Claptrap cross go across your screen so yep. many times. Like I would literally fire up the game, then open up Twitter and scroll through that until it thinks the PS5 upgrade version 
boom, he goes across the screen once, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And like it's just that phenomenal jump in the all that phenomenal decrease in loading times for me is the big wow moment of this console generation yeah now you're making me wondering if part of the reason the dreamcast was so well for me is because the sega saturn was fucking dead when that thing came out so sega was not developing for anything else (laughs) (laughs) i I am going to be curious as to um how ratchet and clank plays out because that looks like it's the first game is going to make some sort of unique unique play with what the um ssd the hard drives the, can the loading do, yeah. speeds can actually do well the, the medium did it um it was obviously, obviously wasn't a big title in itself bit niche being a little horror horror thriller game uh, but it ran running the two levels simultaneously while you played was something they literally and that's why it was literally only an xbox series x it's still the only series x exclusive uh, game <laughs> series exclusive series yeah. x S, series exclusive yeah fucking microsoft names um but i really, yeah, I so, really hope they adjust their naming convention a eh? like no, I just, think, just give it up i think we're gonna get used to it it's just going to become x and s over time i think you're going to get series yeah. x2 series x3 and series s2 series s3 and it's just going to roll like well, hopefully at least then it'll be consistent but yeah that was that was that used the hard drive in interesting ways in the fact that it could run two and, and processing power to run two levels simultaneously essentially um so that was really cool but yeah i think ratchet and clank is going to be the wow moment the first one for either of the consoles because of the way it uses the hard drive it's going to be interesting seeing a lot of people who are not going to understand why it cannot be done on a ps4 yeah they're going to look at it and go it's just a cartoon game you can do that yeah uh, um i'm not up to date on ratchet and clank and what they're doing like so i'm this is all going over my level head. Is there warp, a, like uh, portal warping and stuff like that between levels locations levels yeah ah so like instantaneous okay. transfers and stuff between yep. two points and yeah so it'll be really i mean that's what you can gather from the the trailers and, and what they're talking about so how it plays out no one really knows yet but yeah yeah it'll also mm. look like a fucking cartoon so It'll look, yeah, and like anything Pixar have put out, so as good as. Cool. Yeah. Like, I Any others? I mean, I, I guess we're a general consensus here is like this generation is. It's weird because it's such a fucking. Everybody wants these consoles. But there's nothing. But it doesn't really have the thing. There's nothing on it. But yep. I mean, yep. I still stand, and I guess it makes some sense if I look back to my argument. Uh, Half a year ago, people were saying, "Don't, don't sell your PS4. There's nothing to play on the PS5." And they're going, "No, do sell your PS4 because you'll be able to play all your PS4 games on your PS5. And if anything, they're going to yeah, run yeah. better." Well, pretty much every game that I've got, I've been able to play. I was going to offload um, the Division Two because I couldn't. It was one of those games coming up as uh, unable to be played. But with the, yeah, the they 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 did the update and. You know, had a next-gen patch, which, funnily enough, you get PS4 games that are getting these patches, and they're still running from my extended storage. Yeah. Like, whereas, you know, you because get they dedicated still, they... PS5 versions, but, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I expected yeah. them to take up my internal storage once they got these upgrade patches. Yeah, uh, I think because they're not relying on their games not built with the ps5 technology 
in the yeah, first place. Right. The patches are just taking yeah. advantage of that little bit extra power. And they're seeing a lot of it. stuff with backward compatibility, whether loading yeah. times are not necessarily jumping what people would have yeah. just because it wasn't designed to take advantage of what's there. Of there, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got most of mine running on an external SSD, and that that's enough of an increase. Just running USB mm. three SSD drive is is a, a, is an increase on what it was on the old mechanical drive. So you can get improvement out of it. So yeah, I'm I'm running a mechanical drive at the moment. I haven't found an adequately priced uh, four terabyte SSD yeah, to transfer. Oh, I didn't get, you're not going to get an adequately priced. Yeah, holy crap, dude, that's massive. <laughs> <laughs> This, That's this I know. This is why I sort of accept it is what it is with the PS4 games and whatever, and I just do the old uh, delete and delete and yeah. uninstall the, of uh, PS5 games as I need it. Yeah. I will say though, I do, I do hope because as as, my, as shallow as it is, and I know you see you are very defensive of Halo and people say, and it should be about the gameplay, and I'm like it should, but also this is a fucking like behemoth of microsoft needs it razzle dazzle is fun sometimes it is nice yeah. to like rub your eyes and go holy shit yeah and i'm, I'm really hoping we do like get something that's why i'm surprised neither soon. system has a car game yet because that's a really <laughs> that's easy, easy genre easy to run. do that with you know and gran turismo got like, delayed it, but of course it did yeah gran turismo it's not coming out until 2022 at the earliest oh my God, but yeah. Actually, you know, Microsoft is committed to like cross generation for like two years or something like that, haven't they? Yeah, it'll be. I mean, Forza looks amazing. Okay. Imagine a Forza, yeah. Forza Horizon made just for the Series X. Though. Just for the Series X would be stunning. But I mean, the car racing games—they're easy. They're not easy. I, I say that that sounds um, like disrespectful to the work the developers put in, but they're they're a they're an easy way to impress people because it's a real life thing that everyone can see in their day-to-day lives and then have it look almost photorealistic on their screens that's an impressive thing to witness so well, things like the lighting and texture jumps and reflections are all very yeah, yeah. immediately on screen mm. so i think that uh, that's why I kind of it's almost been tradition up until this gen to have a racing Some game, sort of racing game. Launch. Ridge, ridge racer is kind of like ridge racer versus daytona usa is kind of like a definitive yeah, yeah. So that, that, I find that a bit interesting, and I think a lot of it's obviously COVID-related in the delays and yeah. In saying that, though, wasn't it juggling. wasn't uh, Midnight Club supposed to be you know launch title for PS4, and it got massively delayed, or just was completely shit and didn't work or something? Drive Club, Drive, Drive Club. Club. That's the one. That's it the was one. still looked good. I knew it had Club. It was supposed to be a launch title. It got delayed. It was. Ended up actually being really good. Looked and sounded fucking great. Yeah, it, it looked really good. But I reviewed it for Black Panel way back, way back when, and it was terrible. But I think they improved it a lot. It, it was one of those it, games that worked on. I a bought lot. it like a couple of months after it came out, and it was already at that point. I was like, happy enough, and they added a shit ton of stuff. Anyway, yes, that can't happen anymore because Sony no longer owns that studio. And I think Sarah's yep. about to fall asleep, so maybe we should. <laughs> No, I'm not. You look, you look like guys. Shut up! I wanna. No, no, no. I'm just actively. I'm terrible listening. at reading this. This is your. In- I'm interested face, man. I am a bad person at being social. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't read social cues. Nope. Yeah. I can read that Sarah's now annoyed and flummoxed, but <laughs> I'm I'm completely confused. Like at least so... I got that down. 
Yes, you got that. You got that damn fat. No, I'm completely confused. Yeah. I was just listening. That's all I was doing. It's all good. Real good. Real good. Well, we're going to wrap up anyway because it's getting late, and I know that um. Sean's got to go. Yeah, does. Man. I don't need. I don't need. I, I, I don't need social cues. I know that I Sean has to get up at five in the morning. So. I, if, if, but, but for reference, I have to get up in like six hours and twenty six hours and twenty minutes from now. I have to get back up, so I it's should be getting usual my usual night's bed. sleep, dude. <laughs> like I go to bed at one and get up at seven every day. I I, I question I I, <laughs> I question I your life put this question that. to you though. <laughs> Do you walk fifteen to twenty kilometers a day in steel caps while carrying heavy boxes? No, I do not. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> that is why I need more sleep. I, I would am... just say general health, you both need more sleep. Um... Yeah, I do need more sleep, but you know, player two mm. won't run itself, people. <laughs> well, These are the sacrifices we make enough. for content creation. Woo! Content! <laughs> Sounds so depressing like that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Sean, I'm trying to give you a chance to like just, you know, pimp anything you need to do and then go to bed. <laughs> um pimping 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 um oh look I, I will have something written up over the next week or two in uh, on a steam game uh the life and suffering of uh sir brunty um other than that look out for a few videos that i'm going to be getting done over the uh course of the next couple of weeks and that's about it for me at the moment i'm on twitter at uh sean hub p2 and yeah all my work just goes on uh player two cool all right sarah i'm not even going to try and guess how you're feeling would you like <laughs> um is there anything okay, you want to give a shout to in, in in terms of of doing hey on the content um yeah bravely to default review which uh, bravely default to review which i had a lot of fun playing is sitting on player two um i've noticed that a lot of peeps are starting again to loop hero which mm, yeah, i just want to do a little a shout out that i did a preview of that back in january which um at the time you know there were some things that probably need to be updated but at the same time i loved that game i loved writing the preview for it and that's hopping on that's sitting on player two as well um, to find me on Twitter, I'm sitting at Esoterica. I added an A on the end just because it's 2021 and life is too short. Um, classy. And That's classy. It, it does sound classy. It's classier, classy. you know. Class. Yeah. yeah, I grew up a little. It was great. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's what you can find so far. So, always happy to chat about Bravely default. default. I'd love to see how yeah. other people. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to see how other people are playing it at the moment. I'd be really curious if people have done some weird job combinations that they think just absolutely break the game. The game. So feel free to, you know, Shout send a reply. Yeah, and I can sit there and tell you how much many of them I have not played through. As any normal person would have not played through most because those games take freaking forever. Right, so. We can pretend. But we can pretend on Twitter, and it's great. Can. Yeah. Create this fake bubble of life where everybody seems to think that everybody else has more time than they actually do. Which is arguably what Twitter is. Yep. So, do yeah. you have the whole site to pimp? Where are we at? Yeah, Player 2. It's a website. We do stuff on it. Go and look at it. It's good. <laughs> um, also, just, uh, you know, because we do a lot of work with the Terry Campesi Foundation um, with our charity marathons and with the upcoming Mortal Kombat screaming, screening, screaming. Screening, 
I think um, you should call it that. To be honest, that sounds pretty good. The, the, the Mortal Kombat screaming. Mm. Um, yeah. So we today the biggest the big fundraiser for the Terry Campesi Foundation last year was to raise fifty thousand dollars to cover the costs of the brand new Queanbeyan sleep bus. Uh, which is a bus that's built with 14 uh, beds in it for people that require emergency uh, housing and emergency bed for the night. Each bed's got a TV, it's got chargers, it's got um, you know assistance available for different services in the area. Um, that arrived today in Queanbeyan. It's all built. Ah. It's finished. Uh, there's some photos on Twitter. I've, I've shared it on the Player 2 Twitter account. Um, nice so go and have a look days. At There's no way Scott Morrison's getting a photo up with that bus today. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's a really big thing, and Player Two had a, a significant part in getting that funded. So uh, you know, if you donated to the marathons, and even if you were just doing it to try and win an Xbox or something like that, uh, know that your money's gone to a really really good place, and you can go and check that out on on the. Um, on the interwebs, and and we will be continuing to support the the foundation in the years to come. Woohoo! Yes, yes. Keep being helpful. <laughs> and as for me, I am I know at pretend beard on Twitter, and oh my gosh, from next week I may actually have some time, and I've volunteered to review stuff that I may regret. Balan Underworld, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a repeat of my moving out review coming on. <laughs> Except moving out would potentially be a moving good game. Moving out was a pretty fun game. It was just a... Well, I was...